You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What up, world? Welcome on and all to another episode of The Ocho, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. My name is Joe Ochoa. You know me, of course, from BTB and from right here as your humble host on The Ocho. It is Monday, May 4th, 2020. May the 4th be with you, and we hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, practicing social distancing, and enjoying the offseason, because this has been a marvelous offseason for the Dallas Cowboys. You know, the last last couple of days uh, got really interesting, certainly, because of what happened on Saturday night. If you listened to our emergency episode of the Ocho, you know, of course, all about it. The Dallas Cowboys signing quarterback Andy Dalton now to back up Dak Prescott. And, you know, we've been over this. And again, if you want to hear uh, some some more in-depth thoughts on that move, uh, in particular, again, you can go back in the podcast feed. You can listen, uh, recorded an episode right in the immediate aftermath of the news breaking. And so, Ultimately, though, as more time seems to um, you know exist between really any move the Cowboys have made this offseason and the present, I really think that the Dallas Cowboys deserve a round of applause for what they are doing this offseason. Uh, they've invested at the defensive tackle position. They were brave enough to draft CeeDee Lamb. They obviously you know acquired a legitimate veteran backup quarterback. And so the last thing that the Dallas Cowboys need to do in order to earn the true just chef's kiss is uh pay Dak Prescott so we'll see uh when that finally happens but we have a huge week in store for you here on the podcast feed by the way we are doing you know we're, we're doing well let's, let's just we'll put it that way we appreciate and are so thankful for all of our listeners and everybody who has uh joined in with us and makes us part of their Dallas Cowboys experience uh the blog and the voice podcast feed is available on all major podcast platforms so if you get your podcasts on Apple devices or from Spotify or TuneIn Radio or Stitcher. Uh, we are available on every single one of those platforms. So go subscribe, rate the show, write a review. Those things are very, very, very helpful for all of us. And you do get access to all of our shows. Again, if you're new around here, we have a lot of new subscribers. So welcome, everybody. Take your shoes off. What, what, let me know what you want to drink. I'll fix it for you and everything will be cool. Every day you get this show to start you off. The Ocho is kind of your daily headlines, daily 101, what's going on in the world of America's team. On Mondays and Fridays, you get a brand new episode of Girls Talking Boys with Kelsey Charles and Meg Murray. On Tuesdays, you get the 750 with myself and two-time Super Bowl champion Tony Casillas. On Wednesday, you get Talking the Draft with Connor Livesey and Dalton Miller. And on Thursday, you get Bruise and the Boys with Michael Sizemore and Tom Ryle. So every single day, you get a headline episode, all the latest, like we said, and then a more in-depth discussion from some people that know what they're talking about. Speaking of, later today, because it is Monday, you will have a brand new episode of Girls Talking Boys with Kelsey and Meg and another special guest. That's right. 
Dallas Cowboys quarterback Ben DiNucci will be today's guest on Girls Talking Boys, so look for that later, uh, a little bit before lunchtime in your podcast feed. For now, we have a very special guest joining us here on the Ocho. That's right. Among the great moves that the Cowboys have made this offseason, obviously, you know, their entire draft is something that the whole NFL world has been a fan of, and obviously it's been more than a week at this point, but the, the Dallas Cowboys, I mean, um, got a lot of props, a lot of props for what they did in the NFL draft. And when you ask somebody, well, what was your favorite pick? It's actually a difficult question to answer because so many people obviously love CeeDee Lamb, and there's a lot of people like Will Kane, who we had last week, who loved the Tyler Biotish pick. And Cowboys obviously traded up back into the fourth round to draft Biotish out of Wisconsin, but their first pick in the fourth round they spent on somebody that is a lot of other people's favorite player. Reggie Robinson II is a cornerback that is, I think, going to be a significant contributor to the Dallas Cowboys in 2020, especially with Chidibe Wuze moving to safety if that does happen. Reggie Robinson is obviously somebody who has a lot of experience on the back end and really, really, really projects well to the next level. And in order to understand just who Reggie Robinson is, both as a player and as a person, we thought, well, let's just let's ask somebody that that knows better than anybody else, right? Let's 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 ask the expert on Reggie Robinson the second. So we were able, we were fortunate enough to land Tulsa head coach. That's right. The one and only coach Philip Montgomery took some time last week to sit down on the podcast, talk about Reggie Robinson and something really cool. A detail that coach and I get into is, you know, Reggie Robinson is among the first recruiting class that coach Montgomery had when he had the head coach and when he took the head coaching job at Tulsa. So, I mean, he has seen every step of Reggie Robinson, the second from Tulsa all the way up to the Dallas Cowboys, which gives him some interesting uh, perspective with regards to one of the newest cornerbacks on the Cowboys. Coach also uh, discusses the outlook for Tulsa this season, and obviously so much is up in the air right now. So it's a conversation that I think you are very much going to enjoy, so I will not keep you from it any longer. Head coach of the Tulsa Golden Hurricane football program, Philip Montgomery, joins us next right here on The Ocean. Pleased to be joined now by a very special guest. He is known all over the world, known all over the universe, probably the galaxies far beyond us. Head coach of the Tulsa Golden Hurricane football program, the one and only Coach Philip Montgomery. Coach, thanks for taking the time to join us. Wow, what an introduction. That's uh, that's hard <laughs> to up to, but I appreciate it. Glad to be here with you. What um what have you been Netflixing these days? What what are you in the family <laughs> rolling through? You know, believe it or not, we uh, you know been extremely busy just with you know trying to finish up school, being that it's all virtually and online, and and recruiting and and how that has changed over that course, and then trying to just make sure our guys are are staying safe and healthy and those things. But uh, some Netflix things, huh? Um, been watching Money Heist. It's kind of a Spanish, okay. you know what I'm with talking the subtitles, about? yeah. Well, the one that the least the one I'm watching. I mean, the subtitles aren't on there. There, but obviously they're talking a different language. But they've already done it in English, so I've, I've watched <laughs> a couple of things like that. So it's been pretty good. Okay, cool. Well, you said you're recruiting. What's I mean, recruiting is a never-ending thing. But what's it been like in in these times? Or did you have to download like Snapchat or like a? Did you have to download some sort of social media app that you didn't already have? No, I had most of those, but. <laughs> just because it, it, that's the way recruiting is these days. But it's been so different because 
you know, at this point in time, you've had guys up junior days. You've had guys up during spring ball. They've come and watch games. You have them there for your spring game. You've had opportunities to really sit down and visit with them face-to-face, have their families come up, show them campus, uh, you know, do all of those things. And, you know, now obviously we, we don't have that. So you're trying to figure out a lot of different ways and, you know, make connections with guys as, as you kind of go through this process. So uh, it has been different. And, um, you know, I've, I'm not a big phone guy, but whew, man, it's 24 seven right now. So are you a big like texter? Is that, I mean, you're saying, or you're saying you're not a big phone guy at all. You don't like to use the phone at all. No, I mean, my job requires it. Right. But right. I had my brothers, I, I'd rather sit in front of you face to face and be able to talk, you know? And so, uh, uh, there's something special about being able to, to sit down on the couch or, or, or sit in a room, be able to visit with the guy when they're up on campus and, and uh, get a chance to really kind of see their body language, see how they react, uh, you know, talk with their folks, get a good feel for who we are personally together. Start that 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 type of relationship that you're going to have to build in recruiting that's going to carry you through the four or five years that you're going to be here playing. Sure. Uh, I don't know if you can tell, Coach, my dog, the work from home life uh, has been an interesting one. Um, so my wife and I normally both work from home. And so uh, sometimes he's downstairs in my office. Sometimes he's upstairs in hers. He was very excited that you were going to be a guest. He's a big, <laughs> yeah. big Tulsa fan. Uh, you know, I'll have to get him a little doggy onesie. Uh, so, you know, for Saturdays in the fall for him. to. Yeah, you'll have represent. to you'll have to bring him up. You know, Goldie is, is one of our team mascots and she runs right. up up the tea and does all of that i'm sure her you know your dog and goldie would have a great time bring, bring yeah and for sure no i mean that's that's the plan i um <laughs> I, one last thing on the recruiting thing i didn't even think about this um not that you go into you know different recruits living rooms or whatever with the same speech but i imagine if if a guy or a parent uh demonstrates different body language then you you adjust i mean just kind of that's that's life that's conversation and so it must you know it must be harder or, or at least different. Cause I, I'm thinking if I were you, I would, I would walk in, I would be like, Oh, this is, where'd you get this couch? You know, like I would be using all sorts of stuff for small talk. And so that factor has got to be very different for you. Yeah, it is. It is different. And, and just, you can tell how engaged they are when you're sitting in front of you, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a little sometimes difficult to do that on the phone. Now, obviously there's some guys that you jump on the phone with and they're engaged in the conversation. They help you carry the conversation. Sure guys you know you're getting on there and you're having to carry the whole thing and and just to get them to open up and and talk with you and you don't know if that's because they're not interested they got the tv on they're playing the game while they're talking to you Mm. and and so uh there's there's a lot of factors that go into that but you're right you know you walk into a a home and and obviously there's neighborhood house something in the house you know you see a picture of them that they they took a family vacation somewhere I mean there's so many different things that you can try to draw on to talk about but when you're on the phone you know you're just kind of fishing out there and hoping that you hit something that that sparks some conversation that makes sense so Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, the reason we're talking today is the Dallas Cowboys took Reggie Robinson the second uh, in the fourth round uh, in the 2020 NFL draft. Was he part of your first recruiting class at Tulsa? Is that correct? He was. Okay. Yes, he sure was. So what what would all went into that? Take us back to that time. What was in Reggie's living room? You know, what was the driveway like? You know, was, you it, know, was it a rainy day? <laughs> you know, with Reggie, uh, he was a guy that that had come to a couple of our camps uh, when I was at a different university before I took this job in December. And uh, 
you know, he was in my area that I was recruiting at the time and, and uh, just kind of always kept my eye on him. I thought uh, just a really good athlete, extremely long. You know, in high school, he played both sides of the football. He was in all their special team stuff. Um, and, and he was a guy that just had some natural ability to him. He had natural speed. He was long, things that you're always looking for in secondary guys. And as the game continues to keep changing, receivers continue to keep getting bigger, you know, just having those guys that can really battle them uh, on the outsides. And then, so when I got the job uh, and started down this path, Reggie was one of the first guys that I called to try to get on an official visit up to our place. He had other offers, obviously, at the time, but, um, you know, agreed to come on the visit, got a chance to really sit down and, and know him a little bit better, which is, I'm going to tell you, is a little tougher to do because Reggie's extremely quiet. And, mm-hmm. and so got to know Reggie a little bit more and his folks and uh, just kind of hit it off. And I, really, I think Reggie saw this as a place that, that he could grow as a, as a player, uh, but also as a man. And, and um, you know, I think he has made obviously the most of it. How early on, maybe it was that initial conversation, maybe it was after you got this job, um, did you fully realize, because some kids you mentioned are more talkative and, 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 you know, different situations are different. How early on were you like, man, this dude, you know, I have to come prepared with like 10 different topics because I, I imagine he sounds like he's, he's kind of a one word answer guy. You could be like, hey, man, you know, what was your weekend like? Good. And, and so yeah. you just you got to be prepared for a bunch of different stuff. You do, and, and you you must have those things in your pocket, or you're going to be standing there just kind of. In your <laughs> so, um, now once you get him going, he, he he's going to talk some more. But in, until he gets to know you and feels more comfortable with you, it's going to take a little bit more um, you engaging the conversation. So, uh, I knew that kind of going in because of kind of recruiting him a little bit prior to and and. Uh, and then found things that he really enjoyed talking about. And that kind of spurred the conversation from then on. But more than anything else, we talked about what we felt like he could do for our place and having a plan for him and uh, seeing the potential that he has and, and what that could lead to. And obviously uh, it's, it's landed him where he's at now. So what's it like, and you've been around football for a long time, but uh, with regards to Tulsa specifically, Reggie, part of your first, you know, recruiting class and now being drafted, I mean, not to make you feel old or anything, but does that kind of make you feel like, man, it's, it's been a minute, you know, uh, you know, maybe like I, I didn't hang that thing up that I said I was going to hang up in the house, you know, when we moved in or everything, you know, stuff like that. But does, does it kind of, you know, is it a sign of the times, I suppose? Yeah, you know, a little bit. The, the crazy part is is the head coach at Navy, Ken, and myself, we're the longest tenure coaches in, in the American Conference mm-hmm. here five years. And, and you know how uh, college football is nowadays. And right. so I feel very fortunate to still be a part of the University of Tulsa and be their, their head football coach. I think we've got some really good things going right now. Uh, recruiting has been doing extremely well for us and, and – and, you got to take your hat off to our coaches. They, they do a great job of developing talent once we get them here on campus. Uh, but, yeah, the, it can make you feel old when you look back a, a little bit. But, you know, when these guys come to, to, our, to our university and join our program, they all become one of my sons. And, and I mm-hmm. really had to endear them that way. And so 
you're so proud to see them take these steps and continue to graduate college, go to the NFL, or go, you know, just become a, a contributing factor in their sure. communities and be great leaders in their communities. And so, uh, yeah, it's sad to see them leave, but it's also kind of thrilling to see what they've done and be able to look back and say, hey, this is where you were when you got here and look where you are now and, and all the work that you put into it and just awfully proud of them. Well, uh, I'm sure it won't hurt to have a, a Dallas Cowboy, you know, on some posters around your facility and whatnot <laughs> for recruiting visits. Um, so I, I know, I know, Coach, that you read bloggingtheboys.com every day. I know it's you do it before you check your email and everything. Believe me, you don't have to tell me. I, I believe you. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, but a lot of our readers and a lot of Cowboys fans um, are perhaps more excited about Reggie than they are the cornerback the Cowboys took in the second round, Alabama's Trevon Dix. And I'm sure you're a fan of, of Trevon and everything he's done uh, in the SEC and whatnot. But a lot of people view him as a little bit more of a you know growth-type player, somebody that he's only been playing corner for a couple of years, whereas Reggie seems to have the position more on a lock in this particular moment. Do you talk about his development as a defender, as a DB, and just kind of where he is in his game for people that are – it's the time where not everybody's a hardcore football fan or college football fan and so they're just now learning about these guys well you know I, I, again going back to Reggie he, he was a guy that played multiple positions in high school but really focused in on being a corner for us and has gained a ton of playing experience right and, and so nothing in my opinion uh, replaces that part of it just mm -hmm. the experience of getting out and playing the people that we've played I mean he's played uh, everybody from Oklahoma State, Ohio State. I mean, you can go down the list. Oklahoma. I mean, he's he's played versus unbelievable talent and the talent that is within our league. Um, he's a guy that we continue to match up versus the best guy all year long. Uh, I think with Reggie, the biggest deal is he always, to me, had the skill set to do what you wanted him to do. Uh, it was him uh, gaining just that self-confidence to go out and dominate and trust himself that he could play no matter who lined up against him. And because of his speed and his length, um, if he makes a mistake, he's got makeup ability in there. And so uh, that's the thing that he has done a phenomenal job of, continuing to work technique to get himself better, uh, but also trusting his natural God-given abilities that, that he has and possesses every time he steps on the field. You mentioned that makeup ability. There's thought that, you know, obviously the Cowboys have a new coaching staff, uh, thought that Mike Nolan's defense will be a little bit more aggressive, especially on the back end. Do you think that Reggie then has uh, the tools to maybe play a little bit more aggressively in the event that, you know, he bites on something that doesn't end up being there and he's got speed and, and quickness and, and lateral adjustment and whatnot to be able to adjust in, in whatever the case may be? Because I know Reggie's never wrong, but in the one event that he might be. <laughs> no. Um and Reggie will tell you, hey, we're all going to make mistakes. But the thing about playing that position is you got to have a really short-term memory. Mm -hmm. uh, he may get me once, but it's only going to happen once. And I'm going to learn every time I step on the field, every, whether that's a practice field or the game field. You know, being in a defense that is playing more aggressively, I think, you know, really fits him. Because we, we put him in some really adverse situations, especially the last couple of years, but it, primarily last year. And, and he stood up every time. And that doesn't matter if you're – blitzing him if you're asking him to run support because he will come up and tackle especially in what we had to do because our corners have to be very aggressive but then you can also lock him up out there and say hey you got this guy and you gotta you gotta hold him down and so um you know he's been put in a lot of adverse situations and and knows how to react to those and and will handle them well 
can you think of a time off the top of your head and maybe it's just sort of the quintessential Reggie game where you asked him to do something, some particular assignment. And, uh, you know, later that Sunday when you were watching over the film, you were like, man, Reggie, you know, he over delivered even, you know, more than we thought he could. Yeah. I thought there were several times this year that, that he really did that. I mean, we, we played Oklahoma state, I believe it was the third game last year versus uh, the Wallace kid the receiver mm -hmm. that, you know, ended up, I think he tore his ACL kind of halfway through the season, but uh, was really lighting it up. And, and he still had some yards versus us. They didn't all, they didn't come against Reggie. Uh, right. Him, Reggie did a nice job and he made a, a catch here or there, but I thought Reggie did a really nice job versus him with all the hype coming in. And then, uh, you know, we, we go to play Tulane and, and in a position of the game where we really needed a big play from the, our defense. And he comes up with a big pick for us and, and makes yards on the return afterwards. Um, and, and there was a couple of different instances like that throughout the season that, you know, when you really go back and study it, that uh, he allowed us to do some things defensively that, that we weren't capable of doing in years before because of his ability to lock down a guy. Jerry Jones, um, obviously a football savant, at least uh, in some minds, uh, he, uh, he mentioned that they view Reggie as having some safety flexibility. Can you see that? Do you agree with that? I mean, what are your thoughts there? Absolutely. I, I really do. I, I think because of his length, you're going to be able to play him in a lot of different spots. I, I mean, whether you do it at the safety, uh, being a free safety, being back there with his range that he can cover to be able to get back there and do some of that. I, I definitely think he could do that. When we initially brought him in, um, we thought the same thing and we just needed more help at corner than we did mm. at the time. And then we just kind of locked him in at the corner spot. But uh, I believe he can play all of that. I think he could come in on your third down packages and play inside at the nickel and, and do some of those things as well. So, uh, I think there's a lot of flexibility that you have with him because of his length and his speed. What's something about Reggie that over the course of your career, and you've coached at multiple levels and multiple places, and I know it's you, you mentioned all these guys are like your sons, and I know you can't rank them, but what's something that differentiates Reggie? Something that you'll you remember about him specifically? Maybe it is that he's quiet in nature. Yeah, he's quiet. He doesn't talk a whole lot of mess on the field. Um, Interesting, especially for a corner. Especially for a corner, right? I mean, just a in today's game, that doesn't fit most of the guys that you go against. You know, most of those guys are ultra talkative. Mm -hmm. uh, they can back it up or not. It doesn't matter. They're going to talk and uh, try to get you out of your game. Reggie just is going to line up and get his job done and just keep doing it over and over. But I think one of the things that really jumps out for me on Reggie is uh, how explosively strong he is. Like when you watch him in the weight room, watching him power clean and, and, squatting and doing some things like that when you see him frame wise he looks longer and um, you know you don't expect that and then all of a sudden he puts some weight on the bar and he just makes it look so effortlessly uh, it's it's shocking to watch him do it and uh, I think people don't understand how strong he really is what what gives um what do you think gives the impression that he's not that strong is it just his length i mean because that's yeah. that's actually in a weird way that's like a strength then you know what i mean it's like he's masking his strength yeah i mean really it is uh because he's not one of those guys that just got a bunch of bumps everywhere, right you know what i mean and he's longer he's leaner in that sense but he's still you know he's carrying good weight but uh you just don't most of those guys, you can tell, man, that dude, he's got to be really, really strong just because he looks like he is. And, and Reggie's still, 
leaner and longer and uh but the amount of weight that he can throw is is incredible i know you probably don't like to compare players but of just your football life, even football watching, who does he sort of remind you of? Because that's what everyone's about, coach. You know, what's what's his comp? You know, what what player does he, you know, whatever. So for if you had to give a carbon copy for kind of his game and, and his style, what would you think of? Well, that, that's, that's a little tougher, you know. Um, I mean, I, I think he has like the length and stuff like Richard Sherman has, you know, yeah. That was what I was thinking, just kind of the way you yeah. described him so far. You know, and, and Reggie's Reggie's really intelligent, like Richard is too. Uh, Richard talks more than Reggie, obviously. <laughs> Reg, Reggie's a lot faster than what Richard is, right? Um, Xavier, Xavier from, we, we had it at Baylor that, that mm-hmm. has been playing for Miami. He's got some of the same tools because X was really quiet. Um, but very confident in what he did and and had some length about him. And I, and I think Reggie kind of falls in that category for me sure. a little bit too. I think, you know, I, I thought Richard Sherman just the whole time we've been talking, but also uh, now working with the Cowboys secondary group is Al Harris. Just kind of some shades yeah. of Al Harris as well, I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah. um, Al, you know, Al Harris fighting Texas or fighting Javelina, Texas A&M Kingsville. You know, That's so. right. That's right. <laughs> um, last one for you, Coach on Reggie. And I just want to hear about y'all's program and kind of plans for 2020. Um the Dallas Cowboys are getting what in him? Give give us kind of the the one hundred and one, the, the front page, the the or not the front page, the the back of the book that has the the summary, just kind of what the the book, what the player is about uh, for everybody that's getting excited about Reggie Robinson the second. Yeah, I think you're getting an ultra talented guy, uh, a guy that uh, um, is not going to hype himself. He's going to come to work every day. Uh, he's going to continue to get better every day. He takes coaching extremely well, and uh, you know he's a guy that. I still think has a lot of room still to grow before he ever reaches his ceiling. And, and, you know, so many times I think in the NFL, you kind of, you're getting a finished product, Mm. not continuing to grow and mature and get better. And I think Reggie still got a lot of room in there to continue to do that and, and wants to do that. He'll be hungry to do that when he steps on the field with. Well, that's going to be really cool and really fun to watch. Um, Your program. I mean, you know, everybody here is a big Tulsa fan, obviously. Uh, and, and you being on the show really will help that cause. So, I mean, what do we have to look forward to this season uh, from the Golden Hurricane football program? I mean, give us, you know, give us the, the front page of the program now. It's, it's the spring game for us right here. Let's pretend that. Well, you know, I really feel like we, we've got nine guys back offensively. We, we lost one receiver and one of our offensive linemen. Uh, and we got, you know, six to seven back defensively, depending upon how you count it. Uh, but I think we've got a chance to to have an, a tremendous season. Now, obviously, not having spring ball and, and all the things that we've gone through, uh, you know, we got to get back together and we got to get back to work. But uh, I know our guys have been focused on continuing to grow and get better away from us. Um, but I, I feel like we've got a chance offensively and defensively to have one of the better teams we've had since we've been here. And, you know, my second year here, um, we went to the Miami Beach Bowl. We were a 10-win team. Uh, you know, we, we set a, a, a record in college football that had never been done in the history of college football. We had a 3,000-yard passer, two 1,000-yard receivers, and two 1,000-yard running backs. And so I feel like we have that type of talent. Uh, I feel we have the a potential to do that again this year. Uh, now we got we to gotta go make that happen. And so 
Uh, I'm excited for our guys to get back to campus, excited to go back to work with them. And, and uh, you know, really, uh, I, you know, however the football season plays itself out this year, whether we start on time, start a little late, hopefully we start on time, but uh, we need to get back to it. And, uh, and I'm excited for our guys to, to get back here and go to work. Have you felt um, at all, for me, I tend to feel like these spring and summer months are just kind of um, not getting by, but obviously they're different. It feels like the, the year starts when football season starts. And so it feels like we're just kind of fast forwarding. Um, do you feel that way? Like, like we're still not even really experiencing, you know, we didn't really experience the month of April or whatever the case may be. I mean, some of that is sports, like not getting to watch the masters and stuff, but, but do you feel that way? Like with other, you know, spring sports not happening around campus? Yeah, it's been so different. I mean, to not have sports on TV, right? Not be able to go and watch a baseball game. I mean, opening day of baseball season. I mean, mm -hmm. that's that's a, a you know a, a United States tradition. You know, sure. Um, and then no spring balls and spring games to pay attention to. Uh, your spring sports, being able to go out and, and watch a softball game or whatever that might be going on. Uh, it's just, it's hard to really describe. And, and, you know, the NFL draft was on last week and I don't know what the viewing was on it, but I'm guessing it was extremely high because it's been so long since we've seen something sports related mm -hmm. that really was providing an impact and it was live and you were getting to really see it. And, and so I'm sure the, the viewing of it was out, outrageous. But, you know, besides that and watching the last dance right now, there's not a whole lot of sports things on that, that really are turning you in. And, and we, as a country, um, sports has kind of always been our, uh, way to cope with a lot of different things. And so, um, you think back to all the different main events that have happened in, in history. And, and then you look at how sports was part of that healing process. So I hope we get back to it soon. Uh, obviously we got to be, safe and we want to stay healthy but that being said um i hope we get back to it quicker rather than later no i think that's well said coach and um you're right i think the effect of sports and you mentioned the draft it's it's nice i'm sure you guys in your your offices and stuff i mean just to talk about something like hey oh, did, yeah. you, did you watch that last whatever it was i mean uh we, you know right now would be the nba playoffs and things like that uh we're talking before sunday so i saw um a tweet that episode five of the last dance is better than the first four combined uh, so very excited really? about that. Yeah. So what have your thoughts been there? I mean, you're a big football guy. I'm sure. How often do you get to talk about basketball? I mean, you know, well, you know, I am a big football guy and, and grew up a Cowboys fan. I'm not going to, I mean, I'm from Texas. I mean, sure. my gosh. Right. And, and grew up watching those guys. And, but I was always a basketball fan, especially in the era that right. was right in my era, you know, growing up. And so when you're talking about, you know, magic and bird and, you know, Isaiah and all those guys coming through and then Michael hits in there. And so for me, it's been fun. I've got a, a 21 year old son that, you know, wants to talk about these other guys. And now he's really That's awesome. heard me talk about Michael Jordan and now getting to watch this series together. And, and I'm like, see, I told you, right. <laughs> um, so it's been fun to experience that again. The first four episodes I thought were great. I mean, there's some crazy things like, and it's been talked about a bunch, but, you know, Dennis Rodman taking a couple of days off. I mean, that could never be today's society, you know. Um, 
And, and it really gave me from now in a different chair, the insight of what Phil Jackson and his, what he had to deal with and try to manage and just the way he effortlessly did that to me is pretty special. So, um, and then just to, I mean, obviously Michael doesn't do as many interviews anymore. So just right. talk and tell some stories and do things like that is, uh, is pretty cool to me. No, and that's, that's really cool that, you know, you and your son can, you can tell them about different games and like where you were and, you know, where you watched and whatever, and the, the stories associated with that, that's got to be really cool for you. Um, I also think it must be, and I think about this all the time with college coaching specifically, you have to worry about a million other things. Like I'm sure if a player of yours likes a tweet or, you know, stuff like that is, oh, is yeah. stuff that Phil Jackson didn't have to worry about. So, um, you know, there's, there's, a, there's trades off, I think. Uh, that go there you mentioned you grew up in Texas um, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you for your thoughts on the Cowboys this season and, and just what you've seen I know you're hard at work on, on your program yeah you know we we do a family dinner up here at my place every uh, every Sunday evening um, the whole team all of our families you know we we kind of break bread together every Sunday right and so um, you're always turning on the TV and seeing what NFL's game is mm -hmm. And we're all kind of paying attention and watching it. And we've got a lot of guys on our team from the Oklahoma, Texas area. And so you got a lot of cowboy fans in that. You got some that aren't. You get all the back and forth banter <laughs> sure. that goes along with that. Um, but um, you know, I think I think we as cowboy fans, I, I think we all know that we're really close. And uh, you know, a break here, a break there uh, is going to be the thing that kind of separates us. But you know, I thought, I thought Jerry, if I can call him Jerry, Mr. Jones. <laughs> I think thought, you, uh, you can call him Jerry. I'm, I'm certain it's okay. Uh, I thought he did a really nice job this year with the draft. Uh, I, I really did. I thought he really pinpointed some areas that to bring some, some more uh, depth to his football team, some more playmakers to his football team, some guys that are going to be younger to be able to kind of fill some of those shoes. Um, but I thought he did a really nice job on the draft. So. Uh, it was good to see that part of it, and now it's it's just making a break here or there. And trust me, I, I'm in this boat. I sit in that chair every day. The difference between winning and losing is very, very fine line. Yeah. And, uh, man, when you get rolling and things get going the right way, just the ball just bounces your way. And, and I think that's where we're at right now. We've got enough talent. We've got enough depth on both sides of the football. And, and now it's just putting it all together and making it happen. No, I think that's that's true in a lot of aspects of life, but certainly in football. I'm sure that you can go back and look at seasons past that you've coached and they all come down to like five or six plays, you know, at oh, the yeah. end of the day. Um, and, and some years they just, you know, they all go your way and, you know, it's it's an oblong shaped ball. Um, so it's <laughs> uh, it's really weird. Uh, Coach, we'll be rooting on Tulsa really, really, really hard. Uh, thank you for sharing some information about Reggie. It will be even more awesome, I'm sure, uh, for him to win a Super Bowl with your Cowboys and uh, then for you to have that banner, you know, on the team facility and everything. Uh, I got to imagine it's just it's a dream for you to see one of your favorites uh, end up with your favorite team. It really is. And, and he is. And, you know, I've had a couple of guys kind of make the team before and, and mm -hmm. do some things. But, uh, you know, for for this being the the first guy that that you know I initially recruited and right. into our program where I've been the head coach you know it, obviously it's going to play a special place in my heart there and 
and uh, just excited to watch his growth and excited to watch the Cowboys this year get after. Well, Coach, uh, enjoy the rest of Money Heist. Uh, I might check it out with the wife uh, if we get some time. Enjoy the last dance. And, uh, you know, we'll have to make sure we'll, we'll reconnect and see if, if the hype was real about episode five. Because that's, that's a bold <laughs> statement. You know what I mean? Like to say. Really bold. What's been your favorite episode so far? Oh, wow. Um, you know, honestly, I think it was one of the last ones, you know, when, they're, when they took the Pistons out. Right. And, you know, because I remember watching every minute of that series and just how phenomenal it was. And they were the bad boys. You sure. know, you're not from Michigan. You didn't like them. So you wanted to see them go down and um, to see them talk about, hey, we were so close and, and we lost the year before. And then for them to the next day be in the weight room saying we've got to change it. And then to, to not only that, but to have a the, the face of the NBA be the guy in there lifting and pushing it and doing it because he could have, hey, y'all need to get in there and lift. Right. Y'all just need to like, – no, he's right there leading it, pushing it, making guys do it. And uh, to have a guy that can reflect on himself that way, knowing that he's the best guy in the league at the time, and say, I still got to up my game more uh I, I love that aspect about it no I agree and I I love I, I've got a soft spot for the Pistons in my heart if I'm being honest my dad used to work <laughs> for a company based in Detroit and so he would always bring me like Pistons gear and stuff uh but what I love is that he still just hates Isaiah Thomas you know like that's really <laughs> that's really cool that that like that element exit was so profound because I feel like and I'm sure you see this all the time and you've lived it but that those I mean I th well college is a little bit different in collegiate sports uh rivalries are way way deeper there but like at the professional level there's that hatred isn't there anymore you know what I mean no I agree I mean to hear him talk like because it was real back then like when mm -hmm. you saw him on court and you saw him you know they would they would dap each other up before everybody before the tip but there, wa there wasn't any like the friendliness of it went away right after that mm -hmm. and, and in today's game, not that this is a bad thing, but, you know, everybody's lovey-dovey about it all. Right. But um, back then, it, it was – people truly hung really strong to being a Cowboys fan or a Bulls fan or playing for them. And if, if you were playing for the Cowboys and you were playing the Eagles, you didn't like each other. <laughs> right? And, yeah. And it didn't matter whether you were playing or you saw them at the restaurant later. You still didn't talk to each other. You sat on different sides of the restaurant because that's just the way it was. That's awesome. So it was good to see that that was, I mean, it's still evident today of all things. And, and that shows you how deep it went. No, and I, I mean, like another great doc, and now we're in the, in the weeds, but like how Jordan kept him off, kept Isaiah off the dream team. Like, that's awesome that he, that he hated him that much. You know what I mean? And, and you know what? I, I never knew that. I, I really, I, for whatever reason, it didn't. I, I didn't realize that. I knew he wasn't on it, but I didn't know why. Right. So I'm I'm kind of interested to see how all of that plays out in this episode, and and uh, 
and uh, I'll be definitely tuned in for sure. It's going to be fun. Hopefully none of your players uh, need a trip to Vegas. The one's 21 and over, of course. Uh, <laughs> but uh, coach, uh, again, thank you so much for the time. Best to you and your family. Um, and, you know, thoughts and, and prayers certainly for you and all, all your kids and all your programs and everything you got going on. Uh, it was great to chat with you and hopefully we can reconnect sometime soon. Hey, really enjoyed it, man. You do a great job and uh, shoot, holler at me anytime. Love to come. Y'all stay safe and healthy. Want to give a big time thank you, big time shout out to Coach Philip Montgomery for taking the time to join us here on the show. He is on Twitter at Coach P Monty, so make sure you go follow Coach. Uh, we're gonna be rooting for Tulsa, all right? Um, you know, look, I'm a fight in Texas Aggie. That's where my collegiate, you know, alliances lie. But I'm a big fan of Tulsa, all right? Big, big, big fan of Tulsa. So uh, especially Goldie, you know, if uh, if my dog Bear is able to get in on that action, I mean, you know. I'll be even more biased, but uh, really, really, really cool, really interesting perspective, I thought, on Reggie Robinson II, newest member of the Dallas Cowboys, uh, understanding his strengths, and and I think it's really important to note that Reggie is, you know, apparently is just super strong, and sometimes that can't or, or doesn't come across as well if if guys are built differently from a physical perspective, so it's awesome to hear from somebody who has been there, who, who knows Reggie, who's coached Reggie, who recruited Reggie. I mean, this was uh, an interview that I really enjoyed, and so I'm um, hopeful that you did as well uh so uh go Tulsa we're uh, we're rooting for you and thanks again to uh to coach Monty for taking the time but um you know again we're starting this week with um you know a lot of excitement I think around the Dallas Cowboys and this Andy Dalton thing is is very exciting and very interesting I've written a lot about it already uh I wrote six reasons to really love the signing uh by the Cowboys in terms of acquiring Dalton you can go read that at bloggingtheboys.com I also wrote about what this means for Cooper Rush who is now without question the odd man out in the Dallas Cowboys quarterback room uh, with Ben DiNucci you know as the project behind the unquestioned starter Dak Prescott and now the reserve in Andy Dalton and speaking of Ben DiNucci you can once again hear him later on on Monday in the blog of the boys podcast feed on the latest episode of girls talking boys did want to mention that Jordan Dalton, Andy Dalton's wife, uh, newest Dallas Cowboys quarterback, Andy Dalton, Jordan had an Instagram post on Sunday, and obviously it's been an interesting week, to say the least, for the Dalton family with the Cincinnati Bengals officially releasing him, having drafted Joe Burrow with the number one overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, and there was, you know, we've talked about this as well, there was an outpouring of love and affection from Bengals fans in the Cincinnati community for Andy Dalton and his family, based on everything he accomplished there and what his family you know has done for the area and whatnot and Jordan Dalton took to Instagram with a uh, a photoshop of Andy wearing a Cowboys uniform uh and and it really I thought touching caption reads we are so excited to be a part of this amazing organization Andy Dalton uh well, she, she mentioned him Andy Dalton I couldn't be more proud of the man you are watching you grow through these last nine years in the NFL has been incredible there is truly no one else like you I can't wait to see what God does this next season of life I'm so proud of you go Cowboys Ephesians 2 10. So the Dalton family seemingly ready for their next chapter uh, with the Dallas Cowboys, obviously familiar with the area given uh, the whole TCU connection and whatnot, but very, very, very cool. Andy Dalton and his family are, you know, seemingly just one of the best families in the NFL. And so this is, uh, it's going to be fun. I really, I really think so. So, uh, but once again, different quarterback, Ben DiNucci coming at you later on today in the Blog and the Boys podcast feed. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast, whether that's Apple devices, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, 
Stitcher. We are everywhere. We are anywhere. And if you need a direct link, if that's more your style, you need the RSS feed, hit me up. I'm on Twitter or Instagram at RJ Ochoa. My DMs are open. You can shoot me an email, rj.ochoa at sbnation.com. Oh, and you can do me another thing. You can uh, have the absolute best Monday of all time. You know why? Because you deserve it. We will see you manana, my friends. As always, go Cowboys and peace out. to do's, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.